Pastor Xavier Reese and reaping the results of sowing the simple truths of the Word of God. You and I are here for the lost, the light to those unbelievers in the home, family, members that don't know Christ. They are light to the unbeliever at work, friends, the public arena, wherever we go. I hope you're not a Christian just for an hour and a half on Sunday. The believer is used to reach sinners. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What would you call a farmer who expected no return from his crop? Possibly foolish? A poor businessman? And maybe even broke? Well, God is neither, and when He planted His living Word, the Bible, He expects great returns. Today, as He returns to His study series of the Gospel of Luke, Pastor Xavier outlines those returns in a message titled, Conditions of Men's Hearts. Let's listen. Luke chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 14, 4 through 18. Jesus once again addresses the crowd. Now notice Jesus taught the people. He spoke to them in parables. About one-third of our Lord's teaching consists in parabolic teaching and and, and parabolic statements. Now, notice the declaration of the parable comes in verse 5 through 8. Jesus gives four possibilities when farmers sow seed when the word is preached. The four different types of soils represent the conditions of the heart of people. Okay? The heart. The wayside represents a heart of unbelief, first of all. That's the first, verse 12. They are exposed to the gospel. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, the ear gate. The tense is a participle present active, literally are hearing. The ground is hard, having been walked on. The farmer's plowing. It's the, it's the path of walking. It's compacted. The seed lays on top. It's not broken up. It can't receive the word of God. They continue to be blinded by Satan notice and sin due to their unbelief. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Yes, the devil takes out of the heart, but they gave that permission allowance by being in unbelief, rejecting what they're hearing. Are we clear on that? Okay. You can't blame everything on Satan, though he's the ultimate who removes it. He's there to hinder. It's the individual who closes his ear to the light he has received. Birds that devour the seed there, they're always representative of evil. Whenever you see birds in the scriptures, unless the context would dictate otherwise, leaven every time represents sin, unless otherwise. That's a rule of first mention, okay? You have to be consistent in your your symbolism. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4 says this. Listen carefully. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. Satan is blinding, but who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the hindrance comes from the person first and Satan also. Now notice the purpose is stated. Lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 12 at the end there. These do not believe the gospel to be true, nor place their confidence in Jesus and remain unsaved. 
These sinners are dead in trespasses and sins, like you and I were one time, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. Second comes the rock, represents the shallow heart. They are equally exposed to the gospel. They take hold of it, it says. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, representing their heart. The individual is responsible for the hearing, not Satan, not others. They would receive, they said. They receive the word. It means to take hold with the hand, to embrace, to make it their own. They have joy, gladness. These being on the rock, sprout up, having a few inches of dirt. The rock is warm from the sun, but they have no deep root, again representing the heart. But the seed does sprout. It does come up. They do not continue in the gospel, it says, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now notice the result is that they fall away. Epistemy simply means to depart, to withdraw, or to cease. Okay? G. Campbell Morgan says they apostatized. Perhaps thinking Christianity was trouble-free. Certainly we can think of living emotionally and by feelings, many other things, but he doesn't go into these details. He just says it's a shallow heart, you understand? It's a personal choice. Look at 14. Thirdly comes the thorns. They represent the uncultivated heart. They also hear and take hold of the gospel. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, they receive the seed, Matthew 13, 22 tells us. They don't grow, develop, or mature in Christ, so they are allured, enticed, and overcome by worldliness. And they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. The failure is to believe one can live in both worlds at the same time. You cannot serve two masters. You'll love the one and hate the other. The neglect is in not weeding out the things that choke God's will, revealing God's word. That's personal responsibility once you've heard, right? Once you've received. Now the good ground is fourth. It represents the heart of that is committed to God. They are illuminated by the Holy Spirit, hearing the word by a receptive heart, seeing their sinfulness and poverty of spirit and in no way able to merit salvation, and they repent. Listen to the words. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, all four heard. Nothing wrong with the preacher. Nothing wrong with the word. It's the heart. Are we clear on that? The word noble means honest and honorable for the purposes of God. You align yourself and agree with God. The word good, agathos, means excellent and upright, seeing their need of salvation. The double description emphasizes what is necessary for God to work by the gospel, convicting and illuminating and allowing us faith to believe if we trust him. 
Now, these are committed to grow, develop, and mature in Christ. Notice it says, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The evidence is seen as they bear fruit by living out the word in their lives regardless of the difficulties. Okay? These don't endure because it's easy. These don't endure because they live in heaven. They're in the same world, the first three. Now, they do this with patience, steadfastness, consistency, endurance, never implying that they are perfect or sinless. Do these on good ground, do they ever fail? Of course they do. Are they perfect? Nope. You know, a farmer, as you know, prepares the soil, breaks it up, and scatters all kinds of seed. He knows he has to throw a bunch of seed out there because all along he knows that not all the seed is going to sprout. Now you can say, well, you know, a lot of it doesn't sprout, so I'm not even going to bother. No, 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 no. You break up the ground and you put a lot of seed out there. You'll get a harvest. If we take the ratio Jesus gave in the parable of the sower, often Christians and pastors say they can safely say that one of four will receive Jesus Christ and continue to the end. But that was not the intent of the parable. The intent of the parable that Jesus just gave is to give four conditions of the heart that hear the gospel and what they allow to hinder them from continuing in the gospel. This is not given to give ratios of who's going to be saved and not. That's not the intent of the parable. It's the condition of the heart. Who would dare to say that a sinner who is a hard wayside heart, who rejects one or many, many, many times, will never come? Hard ground can be broken up. Some of you are like that. You heard the gospel more than once. The wayside are the only ones Jesus said were not saved. Study the scripture. Lest they should believe and be saved, verse 12 says. That's the only one he says that about them. And the second one, he begins, but a sharp contrast. Who would be so bold as to say that a stony heart that falls away in a time of temptation will not come back to Christ or even the worldly heart taken away with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, who would be bold to say that they wouldn't repent after the fact? Stony ground and thorns can be removed. Some of you were in that situation. You accepted Christ. You went back in the world. The miracle, ladies and gentlemen, is going from darkness to light. Going from light to darkness is not a miracle. It's natural. You know you. I know me. God is not willing that any should perish, 2 Peter 3, 9 says, but we know many will. By their own doing, God will go out of his way to turn you, but he won't force you. Maybe your heart is hard and callous by sin and um, you're cynical, proud. You need to humble yourself before God. Open your heart, the gospel, repent of your sins lest it becomes greater darkness to you. 
Paul put it this way, 2 Timothy 2.26, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Satan is there, but the gospel gives them that window time of freedom and illumination conviction to make that decision by God's grace, through faith. The same caution is given to the believer about departing from Christ. Paul puts it this way in 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Some will depart from the faith. You get up and you leave right now, you can't say you were never a church. You departed. Early, on time, afterwards, whatever. Some will depart. Are you saying those are non-believers? Non-believers are already apart. You can't depart from something you were never at. It's real simple. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13 Beware, brethren. Look at Hebrews, it's to Christians. Hebrew Christians. Calvinists will tell you it's not for Christians. Really? Beware, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of you harden through the deceitfulness of sin. Let's talk to the Christians. Hebrews 3, 14 and 15. For we, Paul includes himself, I believe he wrote it, whoever. If it was Daffy Duck, whoever, okay? If we have become partakers of Christ and we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, the heart. You say, wait a minute, you're teaching salvation by works. Really? I'm dependent on Christ to save me. I'm acknowledging my sin. I'm yielding to him. That's works. Not trusting them as works. It's works against me. 1 Timothy 6, 10 through 11. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith. Some have strayed from the faith. Those are non-believers. In their greediness and pierce itself through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. If, if Timothy was unconditionally elected as Calvinists teach, then why would Paul have to tell him to do different than these people? He would, have to, he would do it anyway. And if these men were predestined to damnation, then why is he finding fault with them? You got to answer the question. You can't just say, well, it's the sovereignty of God. Listen to Jesus. I am the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. John 15, 5 and 8. The interpretation of the parable was to instruct the saint. To instruct the saints. Now notice thirdly, he ties it up. Verse 16 through 18, the application of the parable. Jesus, having placed the emphasis on hearing and responding to the gospel and the parable of the sower, now he illustrates it with a parable of the lighted lamp. Mark 4, 21 through 23 is the parallel. Notice verse 16. Jesus declared to those of the fertile and fruitful heart to use the light given to aid others to see Christ. A Christian is not to cover his spiritual life and light of the gospel. No one when he is, has lit a lamp 
covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed. Little terracotta lamp, you know, it has two openings the, 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 for the oil and the wick laying there, and you put it up on a little stand, and, and it just it gives light. You don't put it under a bed. You don't hide it. Literally, having lit, light dispels darkness. No matter how little it is, you walk in the room, little light, it dispels darkness. It goes. It has no choice. When light is present, darkness flees. When you go in the room, you turn on the light. Where did the darkness go? Under your bed? Light attracts and guides sinners out of darkness. Now notice the Christian is to be a witness for Christ. Wherever he or she is, he says, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. You and I are here for the lost. They are light to those unbelievers in the home, family, members that don't know Christ. They are light to the unbeliever at work, friends, the public arena, wherever we go. I hope you're not a Christian just for an hour and a half on Sunday. Then Jesus declared to those of the fertile and fruitful heart to remember that God wants to reveal sin in the heart of every believer. Verse 17. A Christian is to understand that God will bring to light the secrets of people's hearts to save them. Not to just make them feel bad. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. The believer is used to reach sinners. The sinner is lost and blind by sin and Satan. God will reveal his heart as God exposes it to him, convicts him or her. And then notice the Christian is to understand that nothing can be kept from God. He can expose it, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light to convict in order to forgive the believer through repentance, to present Christ and be saved. Then notice Jesus declared in verse 18 to the fertile and fruitful heart to use the light to increase in more light. A Christian is responsible for how he lives out the word. Listen carefully. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Here's the key through the whole passage we're studying. This is the punchline for the parable and for the parable of the sower, all four heard the same gospel. Take heed how you hear is based on the condition of the heart. Here lies the problem and solution to every problem of our life. The heart. How you hear. Whether it's mere information or power of transformation. Mark says, take heed what you hear, Mark 4.24. What speaks about what kind of doctrine? The focus is different. This is how. Mark says what? The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. Only God knows the full extent that we get a pretty good idea while we live here. Jeremiah 79. Notice the Christian is to be faithful steward then. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. So in the first part, I as a Christian, I am to increase so that God can give me more further light, grow and develop spiritually. Now here, as a faithful steward, the believer that has and obeys and cultivates is a wise steward and will be multiplied by God. And if not, 
Even that which he has is sometimes removed. God can take things from us, privilege. How many people have God removed from ministry because they didn't continue to increase and because of whatever other reason God removes? The believer is to understand that the light given to the unbeliever, if rejected, can result in greater darkness. So we are to take this matter seriously about presenting the gospel to the lost. It is not some light thing. And our heart is to be the heart of Jesus Christ. You remember the parable of the faithful steward and the evil steward. Jesus spoke in Luke 12, 47 through 48. Here's the punchline. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed to him they will require and ask the more. The one who knows his master's will is only a Christian. The one who doesn't know his master's will is a non-believer. Even though non-believer has done worse because he's ignorant of the light that you possess, he will receive lesser stripes. Those are the words of Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, not me. Jesus says we are the light of the world in Matthew 5.14. Paul said we're ambassadors of Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We represent heaven and the Messiah, not ourselves. I have to examine my life to see if my deeds cancel out my words of the gospel. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, James says, chapter 1, verse 22. Looking in the mirror, forgetting what you look like. All things are naked and open with him who have to do with. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the son of the soul and the spirit, the son of the intent of the heart. Hebrews 4, 12. The believer must not just hear but be a doer of the will of God in the word of God. We're to press towards the mark, Philippians 4, 3, 14. Never thinking we've arrived. I'm still running. I can still learn. I have much to learn. We're to grow in the knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3, 18, all the time. Growth, development, maturity on every level. We are to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Hebrews 12, 14, and 15. He's talking to Christians. Root of bitterness. Defile. I have to continue to examine my life. I continue to repent. To stay right. If my spiritual life was my business, would I be thriving or would I be broke? Wow, what a way to look at it. We all have to confess that sometimes we, we file for bankruptcy, spiritually speaking. But the key is this. Do I recognize that I'm bankrupt? And do I cry out in repentance and help from God? Do I trust Him for it? That's the key. The application of the parable was to warn the saints of the awesome privilege we have, the awesome responsibility. Jesus had declared the parable of the sword to describe the various responses of sinners to the gospel of the kingdom. The proclamation of the parable was to save sinners. The interpretation of the parable was to instruct the saints. And the application of the parable was to warn 
the saints. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating with the parable of the sower, the simple truths of living every day for the Lord. And today's Simple Truths message, Conditions of Men's Hearts, is available on CD for only $4. And by the way, this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Conditions of Men's Hearts, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Join us next time for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese from the Gospel of Luke and acknowledging the authority of the Most High God always in our midst. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com